Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to a conversation with two geeks. Back after a time of movies, comics, and everything in between. Today for our first episode of 2024. Yay! Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about everything from the SAG, SAG and um DGA nominations to thoughts on the newest Marvel Studio show Echo and so much more. Also, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter and TikTok at Convo with Two. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email of anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, our email is at conversationwithtwogeeks at gmail.com. You also find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever podcasts to listen to. How are you today, Jamie? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm okay. Also, if it seems like my voice is kind of acting weird today, it's because I am getting over a cold. So yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, sweet Jesus. Uh, uh, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I uh, wind up getting COVID. That sucks. So uh, happy New Year to me. <laughs> I hate this so much. I hate being sick, y'all. Same. It is the worst. But I'm like ninety nine percent better. So so. You know, it is what it is. That's good. Oh, yeah. All right, moving on to our first topic of the day. Uh, we have writing nominations for the 30th Annual Screen Actor Guild Awards have been announced, and they include, for film, so this is not though, just like I like, remember with the Golden Globes, this is not every single announce, every single awards mention announcement, but like, this is a good majority of them. Uh, for outstanding performance by a cast in the motion picture, we got American Fiction, Barbie, The Color Purple, Oppenheimer, and Kills of Our Moon. For outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role, we got Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Al Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey for American Fiction. Uh, for outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role, we got Sterling King Brown for American Fiction, Moon the Fell for Poor Things, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, and Ryan Gosling for Barbie. Uh, for outstanding performance by a female actor in a female actor in a leading role, we got Annette Benny for Niad, uh, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Karen Milliken for Maestro, Margot Robbie for Barbie, and Emerson for Poor Things. Uh, for outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role, we got Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Dana Brooks for Color Purple, Penelope Cruz for Ferrari, Jodie Foss for Niad, and Divine Joy Rand- uh, Randolph for uh, The Holdovers. And for TV, again, this is not every single one, but this is a good majority. For outstanding performance by an uh, ensemble and a drama series, we got The Crown, The Gilded Age, The Last of Us, The Morning Show, and Secession. And then for outstanding performance by an ensemble in a comedy series, we got Abbott Elementary, Bam Airy, The Bear, Only Murders in the Building, and Ted Lasso. So, so yeah, um, it was pretty much like, well, Kind of what I expected. So basically the way how like I'm kind of determining Oscars for the foreseeable future is that it's really the unions, the particular union, mm-hmm. like SAG, DGA, WGA, that really determine what goes into the next, like what mm-hmm. gets nominated for Oscars. And I gotta say, I'm most of this is probably what I expected, but like there are mm-hmm. some stuff I'm very happy about. Like for example, Jeffrey Wright getting um getting nominated for um for outstanding performance by male actor in leading role like especially as someone that's champion american fiction which by the way if you've not seen it I highly recommend and obviously like lee gladstone and stuff they're probably gonna be my they're like let's say like those two are like my best actor and my best actress those are probably gonna be what's gonna be nominated mm-hmm. so yeah no i'm very curious you have any thoughts 
Uh, no, I mean, it's pretty, pretty sta standard, you know, no big, big surprises. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like in it, a lot of it makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I lean towards what you're saying. So, yeah, I'm nothing too shocking about any of this. So, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic. Uh, VMSRS.com in a press release, The Mandalorian and Grogu are embarking on a new adventure to movie theaters in an upcoming film with John Favreau, the co-creator of The Mandalorian, set to direct and produce alongside Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni. The Mandalorian and Grogu will go into production in 2024, uh, with The Mandalorian and Grogu uh, will lead, lead Lucasfilm's ongoing feature development slate, with, including films held by Charmaine Obadiah uh, Chinoy, Jerry Mangle, and Dave Filoni, who's also currently developing Ahsoka Season 2 among those in the works. So, Mando's going to the movies! That's pretty cool. I'm not gonna this, lie. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna... So, it looks like, also, um, for those wondering, does that... In, what does that mean for Season 4? Apparently, according to them, like, we are still getting a Season 4. Okay, cool. So, I don't know which is coming first. I imagine... Probably the season four and then the movie. Mm -hmm. And I, and then there's also some rumor, some rumor that this might be the first in the trilogy, depending on how it does. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, Pace is going to be really fucking busy. Yeah. I think Man, Man, Mandalorian is a close, like, it's what a lot of fans want for mm -hmm. Star Wars. You know, yeah. I feel like, um, and so I think this is a great move. And yeah, mm -hmm. Pedro's gonna just be extremely, extremely busy. So I mean, he had to drop. I mean, we're not reporting and stuff, but he had to drop out of another movie just recently this week because most likely Fantastic Four will be shooting this fall. Mm. So and like, and I think as of right now, I think they're gearing up for. We'll talk about it in a second, but I believe they're gearing up for um, Last of Us. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Our boy Pedro's gonna be busy. That being yep. said, will he most likely? Well, maybe for the series he won't be in the suit, but for the movie he definitely will be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, but I'm I'm not surprised that this is gonna be the first one to come out. Although this does raise, I imagine we're still probably getting the like that crossover, the final crossover movie. But like mm -hmm. this is this is interesting though. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Also, the concept art that they released looked cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yay! Go, let's mm -hmm. Mando and Grogu go to the movies. <laughs> let's all so I I have the let's all go to the lobby. Let's all mm -hmm. go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and find <laughs> ourselves a treat. Also, I believe Grogu's probably at the age where you probably could take him to the movies. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just like I mean, I know he's like hundreds of years old, but like, but, but you know, if we're going by like show conception, mm -hmm. then like, you know, I think he's, I think he, I think he deserves to go to the movies. What do you... Yeah, he does. Sorry, my cat keeps knocking things around on the desk. Thank you. Uh, uh, so she's uh, distracting me. Yeah, no, un unruly, unruly mascot here. Yeah, she's being. It's very close to her lunchtime, so she knows, and she's waiting very patiently. It's like, it's like, or hey, not patiently. Yeah, let's say not patiently. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, I said it. I said it, Kitty. And where is she? Right by her food bowl, because she knows. 
She's 20 minutes early. <laughs> you got to wait in line like the rest of the cats. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's the screen. Uh, that's perfect. Perfect. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. A system from Deadline reports that DC series is planning to test actresses soon to start at Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow with Game of Thrones star Amelia Alcott, Cutter star Amelia Jones, and Meg Donnelly, who is ironically enough voiced the character in like several various DC anime films. Mm -hmm. Um, in the mix with DC Studios co-boss James Gunn said to be a part of the process, as this is a character that will most likely make its debut via a cameo uh, in a DC project that isn't Supergirl. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Superman Legacy, knock off. Mm -hmm. uh, the exclusive ultra reports that there's a chance that she is could make a straight offer to a star, but all things are pouring the screen test for actresses, which will go down within the next month or so. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting. I didn't expect them to kind of be like, all right, let's start casting. But given that, like, there's already a script in the works, mm -hmm. a script in the works and stuff, um... Yeah, that yeah, so yeah. But I I I'll be honest, I haven't seen I'll be honest, I'm actually not familiar with any of these guys. Mainly cuz I'm not either. I know one of them. I think it was, was it Meg who yeah, had Meg the, totally. has the voice um the voiceover work as yeah. Supergirl. Mm -hmm. So that's that's I I do appreciate that. Um mm -hmm. I still haven't seen the flash so i feel i still feel bad for sasha she deserved our sasha kale yeah she deserved a she kind of got not screwed over but like i i yeah i i have a feeling that and i looked up her age and like she's 28 currently i wouldn't be surprised and i looked up the age of some of the other actors and they're like around 23 uh-huh so no, i wouldn't younger. yeah i wouldn't be surprised if this is more of an aging out thing especially if you want to have the actor stay for like multiple movies and stuff i do feel yeah. i do feel for sasha as well especially given how the flash went and stuff mm -hmm. but like uh, it is we'll, we'll see i mean yeah. um it's just i i'm glad that like this is getting a lot of like we're getting some info out for this mm -hmm. because um this could easily be one of those movies that doesn't get enough attention and it kind of just like floats away yeah um, but i'm very curious to see um how how they do it and i'm just i i hope and i'm hope whoever they cast is up for it because it's a big role and yeah. um, but i'm pretty excited though i mean i'm glad that like that they gave the girl who did the voice of a work meg a shot too i think that's nice yeah that's actually you know? kind of that's actually kind of cool and like I, mm -hmm. I didn't expect that, but like I'm I'm kind of surprised. Also, like it kind of it kind of works with Gunn's position because like apparently like, and I know this because of the Creature Man Commando show that's supposed to be coming out this year. Like whoever winds up voicing characters, like I think David Harbour is even a part of that cast, will mm -hmm. be playing them in live action. So it makes yeah. sense, like looking into a voice actor, yep. be like, yeah. But yeah, no. Um, as yep. for the other two guys, I don't. Um, one of them I know was in the is in the um House of the Dragon, which I haven't seen, and the other oh. one was Dakota, which I also haven't seen. So I'm only going off by them, but you know we'll see we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. We'll see how it goes, but yeah. Anyways, moving on to some major casting news. Even I I swear to I, I swear to God, like I had to put in a last minute addition on this, and like I was just like, God damn it, guys. Uh, but yeah, no. According to THR, Booksmart, No One Will Save You, which I highly recommend 
check out. It's on Hulu if you haven't seen that one. And Last Man Standing star Caitlin Dever has joined the second season of HBO's The Last of Us as the character Abby, a pivotal character in the PlayStation game upon which the post-apocalyptic drama series is based is based on with uh, the character description stating, Abby is a skilled soldier with a black and white view of the world well, is challenged as she seeks vengeance for those she loves. According to the article, uh, Deborah actually has, has had a previous connection with the with the show as she reportedly auditioned for the role of Ellie, but producers wanted a younger actor for the part. For context, Bella Ramsey, who currently plays Ellie, Ellie in the show is 20 and Deborah is like 27. Mm -hmm. So... In a joint statement, showrunners uh, Craig Mason and Neil Druckmann said, Our casting process for season two has been identical to season one. We look for world-class actors who embody the souls of the characters and the source materials. Nothing matters more than talent, and we're thrilled to have an acclaimed performer like Caitlin, Joy, and Pedro, Bella, and the rest of the family. In addition, Variety reports that Beast star Young Manzino uh, has also joined the cast. Manzino is set to play Jesse, a pillar of his community who puts everyone else's needs before his own, sometimes at terrible cost. In a statement, Drunkman Amazing said, uh, Young is one of those rare actors who's immediately undeniable. The moment you see him, we are so lucky to have him. We can't wait for the audience to see Young in our show. And in a last-minute addition, and this is the one that, like, I we got this. We literally got this this morning at the time of this recording. Uh, Demi mm -hmm. reports that Isabel Merced has joined the cast of HBO's Last of Us with Merced, set to play Dina, uh, Ellie's new romantic interest, and Jesse's ex, a free will willing spirit whose devotion to Ellie will be tested by the brutality of the world they inhabit. In a statement from Drunkman Amazing, they said, uh, Dina is warm, brilliant, wild, funny, moral, dangerous, and instantly lovable. You can search forever for an actor who effortlessly embodies all of those things, or you can find Isabel Merced right away. We couldn't be prouder to have her join our family. So, this, this is a, actually a good lineup. Um, mm -hmm. We'll start with, we'll start with, um, Excuse me, real quick. Uh, we'll 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 start with uh, Abby. Yeah. Um, I have seen Caitlin in now a number of things, and mm -hmm. the one the one I mentioned earlier, "No One Will Save You," definitely kind of shows off her physicality a bit more. So mm -hmm. for those like wondering why didn't you cast someone buff, well, they can they can bulk up. Yeah, I mean, I know that's what I've seen a few people say that, and like I don't doubt that this girl will do what she wants to do to be in the role. You know, mm -hmm. like it there. They have access to to the things to help them, yeah. Be physically in the role, so I don't doubt for a second that she can bulk up, you know. And yeah. she's a great actor too, so she's gonna. I think she'll probably do a fantastic job. So. Yeah. Also, uh, I don't know if you've, I don't know if uh, Jordan Mason have had those conversations, but uh, yeah. Um, I would highly recommend like getting off social media. Because um, even as someone that any of them, honestly, just uh, none of them should be on. Yeah, no one really should be on at this point. But like, I, I see. I knew bits. Of, we actually talked about this off 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 air. But like, I know bits and pieces of like season two and stuff, and there are some major stuff. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I was where, and like this was just a whole thing was the whole controversy. Yep. Which is just Yeah, it's gonna be I don't wanna spoil it in case there's people who haven't seen it or haven't played the game or don't know. Mm -hmm. Um but there's a big thing that happens with Abby's character later on that they've already set up in the show. It's mm -hmm. already been st starting to be set up. So um 
It's going to piss people off who don't know. And it's why the game is very controversial between gamers. It's because of something that happens. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it ends up playing out. Mm-hmm. Um, I really recommend for any of them. I think all of these people who are cast are going to do great. Them not be on social media. Um because it's gonna be a nightmare when it happens. It really is. Um and so I would just yeah, that's my recommendation. Just none of them be on and because it's gonna be bad regardless. So Yeah, and doesn't some of that also include a time jump? There is a time jump. Um and stuff that happens in between the first and second game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that. And what happens happens after the time drop, so in present mm. present time. So it's gonna be it's not gonna it's it's gonna be a lot. Just wanna let people know. Yeah, so. yeah, no, yeah. Especially with the latter two characters, um, Jesse, who I'm not really familiar with his role in the game, but I do know about Dina. Yeah, and that's that's gonna be very interesting. And yeah, it's gonna be. I I like the casting for Jesse and Dina. I mm-hmm. think they're gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to yeah. see. How it plays out. Also, similar to Pedro, Isabel Merced's going to have a busy year because she's also going to be in uh, Superman Legacy as Hot Girl. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Good, good, good for her. Good, good for Dora. Yep. I, I know she's been in other roles, but like the first thing I ever th- I think of the actress is like Dora. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, continuing down our uh, zombie road, actually. Um, and this is from THR reports that Danny Boyle and Alan Scarlett, the writer, director and writer of the 2002 movie 28 Days Later, are reunited for 28 years later. A new zombie film that is expected to hit studios, streamers, and other potential buyers later this week with WME, who uh, reps uh, Boyle and Garland, taking the package out and handling the sale. As for how this came about, the exclusive reports that the pair have talked publicly about potential sequels over the decades. I mean, there was one called 28 Weeks Later, but that was a whole written and directed by a whole different team. 28 months later, 28 months, months was one title bounced around with 28 years coming into focus um, as a re- as an idea in recent years. According to Exclusive, the hope is to launch a new trilogy with Boyle, um, Boyle attached to direct the first installment with Garland. Um, but Garland would write all three. Uh, the budget for each movie would be in the $75 million range. So um, just curious, have you ever seen 28 Days Later? No, I have not. Okay. It is one of those movies that... So, you know the concept of fast zombies? hmm This is where that came from. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Also, it has, like, a really young uh, Killian Murphy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, really young Killian Murphy. And I think also... Uh, and also, a young Naomi Harris is also in it. Uh, uh-huh. This is also Alex Garland's work. This is also Boyle and Garland's first movie, um... Mm-hmm. First movie and stuff. Also, uh, it's kind of one of the reasons why I can't get into the, uh, Christopher Eccleston's Doctor. Oh, uh, okay. Because he plays like this really like 
horrible military general. Uh huh. And like, I'm just like, crap. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That and a combination of G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra are kind of the reasons why, like, like, no disrespect to those who don't, who like the Ninth Doctor stuff, but like, but like, I've, I've tried watching his Ninth Doctor stuff and I just can't get into it. Mm. Like, just, I mean, I like, I'm okay with the writing. It's just him as a performer. It's just, I don't know. When you see okay. like an actor like first as a villain and then a, and then like you try to see him as a hero and stuff, it's a bit hard. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but either way, but either way, I'm 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 actually ecstatic about the news because I've been wondering because the the idea of like a twenty eight days again. I know I mentioned twenty eight weeks eight weeks later, which by the way actually has a young Jeremy Renner in it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it is. It is really funny, but like twenty weeks later, but but now that we got one with not only the original team and stuff, mm -hmm. but it, I find it just very fascinating. And the fact that it's gonna be twenty eight years later, yeah. Later, and like we are reaching like that. Actually, we've reached past the twenty year point for the original. Oh god. Okay. So yeah, no, I I do recommend it. Um, it's actually really good and stuff, and. Also, like these are one of the first movies that like use like digital cameras and stuff. Uh huh. So, so yeah, no, it's it's a good cool. Time. Yeah, but I, I also know you're not much more horror fiend than I am. So yeah, no, sorry, I don't. It's not nothing that's on my radar. So yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic, and this trailer literally just came out like about an hour or two before the show drops and stuff, and I just had to. Put yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Okay. To be honest, because I was doing stuff before. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I can leave with this one. But yeah, anyways, we got an official trailer for Abigail. The synopsis reads: After a group of would-be criminals kidnap the twelve-year-old daughter, uh, ballerina daughter of a powerful underworld figure, all they have to do is collect a fifty million ransom. Um, is watch the girl overnight in an isolated mansion. The captors start to dwindle one by one, and they discover to their magic core that they're locked inside with no normal little girl. Directed by Scream 6 directors Radio Sounds, a.k.a. Matt Bettinelli Oakland and Tyler Dillette, and written by Guy Busack and Stephen Sills. Uh, Shields. So, sorry, not Stephen Sills. That's another guy. Uh, the film stars Melissa Barrera, Dan Stevens, Catherine Newton, Kevin Duran, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, with Alicia Ware as the titular character, and the lead Angus Cloud. May rest in peace. Uh, the film is set for release on April 19th. So I I saw this trailer and I'm just like, yep, I'm in. I'm in. Cool. I, I just like, look, when basically there's a twist that happens and I don't even know if I want to even spoil it on air. The twist that happens, you'll see it in the trailer, but like twist that happens that I, I was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot this was supposed to be connected with like Universal Monsters and stuff. And oh, cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited for this, and also like I, I I will support anything that Melissa Barrera does, especially given what happened with Scream. So, so yeah, no, right. I'm I'm excited for this, and also I really like the cast. Okay, cool. like like we got not only Melissa Barrera but also Dan Stevens, Giancarlo Esposito, late great um Angus Clough, may he rest in peace, as well as Catherine Newton, and it's just I don't know, this looks like fun. Cool, cool, cool. Fun, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to our second to last topic. It's because from Deadline Reports that Paramount has tapped uh, Toby Haynes or Toby Haynes, who directed the first three episodes, uh, uh, the first three episodes as well as episodes eight through ten of Andor, 
uh, to direct a new film that expands the Star Trek universe with Seth Graham, Graham Smith penning the script. According to the exclusive, while plot details are being kept under wraps, this, excuse me, this project is an origin story that takes place decades before the original 2009 Star Trek film. So it looks like we're going back to the time, Kelvin timeline, but in reverse. Mm -hmm. And I'm, yeah, okay. All right, that's fine. How many Star Wars Star Trek projects that has this been announced? A lot. Cause I'm starting to lose track, guys. It's a, it's a lot. I um I'm not gonna lie. I'm not very very familiar with Star Trek. I haven't really seen. I don't think I've seen like anything really. Maybe like very small snippets. Mm -hmm. Um. So I don't really have a lot of thoughts on this. I just know there's a lot of Star Trek projects. There's the sh the new shows that popped up. Recent, mm -hmm. semi-recently mm -hmm. there's the movies um the like 2009 maybe with chris pine in it um yeah that's and stuff so like um but he said he directed the andor episodes yeah he directed the first yeah. three and uh the first three and then episodes eight through ten okay uh, the stuff so i mean like he definitely can do it he definitely has a good eye for sci-fi so mm -hmm. like I think he's a good pick in yeah. that regard. Yeah, no, I just this is just like the amount of Star Star Trek projects. It's a lot. Yeah, it has been. Like, can we can, guys? Can we just get Star Trek Four? Like, can we just like? I know the last one didn't do so well, but like that's what everyone's clamoring for. Like, we just want to see the Kelvin. We just want to see Pine and Quinto and Saldana back. Mm -hmm. But you know, they're all big stars and stuff, and the last one didn't, didn't sort of do so well. But you know, you know. You can you can afford the loss, mm -hmm. and also like you know it's doing it's doing well on TV and stuff. So just I don't know, oh I'm <laughs> yeah, eh. I'm kind of exhausted. Not gonna lie, it's all good. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our last topic of the day, uh, via deadline, the nominations for the 2024 Director's Guild of America Awards have been revealed. With nominations for. Outstanding directorial achievement in theatrical film for 2023, going to uh, Greta Gerwig uh, for Barbie, Yorgos Lefos for Poor Things, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Alexander Payne for The Holdovers, and Mark Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. Meanwhile, the Michael Apted Award for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in First Time uh, Theatrical film, fe uh, Feature Film. We got nominations for Core Jefferson for American Fiction, uh, Manuel Martinelli for Chile 76, Celine Siong for Past Lives, A.V. Rockwell for 1001, and Nora Nastari for Shayetta. Now, I'll be honest, I'm a bit more familiar with those that um, did the theatrical. Actually, yeah, I've seen... I've seen the ones uh, that that um, have been nominated for outstanding directorial achievement, rather than the ones uh, for Michael Apted. Like I haven't seen Chile '76 or Thousand One mm -hmm. or Sayada, but you know, okay. we'll we'll see we'll see how this goes. And again, like I said before, with SAG, I do have a feeling that whatever the unions wind up getting nominated, it's most likely going to be represented with the Oscars. So yep. definitely keep a lookout on that front. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. So, yeah. So yeah. Anyways, moving on to our recommendations for the week. Um, I have I've seen all five episodes of Echo, and I mm -hmm. thought it was pretty good. 
uh, director Sydney Freeland and head and head writers so showrunners uh, Marion Derry and Amy Rennie and company managed to make a fast-paced character-centric tale about grief and catharsis while exploring more of the street-level -like, street side of the MCU. In addition, Alakia Cox and Vincent Zabra leased the cast with some several reports from them as supporting cast. Uh, I definitely will say if I had a, a nitpick with the show, I definitely... The, the show, I don't know what happened, and it's not necessarily noticeable, although... But I did feel like this show definitely did get not necessarily chopped up, but like it did go through some stuff in the editing room. Mm. Um, mainly with like a few characters, mainly uh Devery Jacobs, Jacobs's character. Like okay. we barely got we barely saw her and stuff, so that was a whole thing. But but besides that, I um overall uh Echo was an excellent addition to the street level side of the MCU as well as a fast paced character centric tale. Definitely recommend checking it out. Uh you have any recommendations for us before we close out? Um I've been keeping up with the Percy Jackson show. Oh um, so far and I've been really enjoying it. I think it's fun. Um I think the kids are getting better each episode. Mm -hmm. Um I concur. I concur. So um I've been really enjoying it. Um and yeah, I'm pretty excited. I know um, I really like this last episode that aired on Tuesday. Yeah, um, I, I liked it as well. Yeah, so um, it, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to next week because I know it's the casino episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really excited about yeah, it. We, so we think it should we're be going fun. To, we're going to the Lotus Casino and we get to see yeah. my mom Miranda. Yep. Um, so it should be it. They're doing a good job. My only nitpick is that the episodes sometimes are so short, they're like 33 minutes, and I feel like sometimes it just feels so rushed. Yeah, in these episodes, sometimes the pacing is just a little bit off at times. So, yeah. um, I hope that's something that they can rectify next season because uh, I'm assuming they're gonna probably get a season two. Oh, yeah, so. no, definitely. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm hoping that's something that they can make the episodes a little bit more even, but, mm -hmm. um, I feel like they're doing a pretty good job so far. It's very much more in line with the books, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I concur, that I, I can concur. tell than, than, um, anything else. And yeah, it should be very interesting to see how it goes moving forward. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I, yeah, no, I would have percent agree. I've been catching up with the show as well. And yeah. Also, um, the guy who plays Aries, mm -hmm. Adam Edge Copeland. Yeah, he is. I freaking, cool. he I is freaking loved him. I every every interaction. Very fun. He was a very fun character and stuff. And I just like, I haven't I haven't seen his wrestling stuff, but like I was just kind of cracking up, and I loved his interactions with the kids. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and also, yeah. Also, shout out to uh, Leah Savvy Jeffries. Like mm -hmm. she, like she's really good. Mm -hmm. Like eight, like each week she keeps, like again, like I I've actually enjoyed all three of the kids' performances, but like she's like been like surprising me like each week. It the kids, um, I've been like I think they've all been really good. Mm -hmm. I think they're growing on me, and I think they're definitely improving. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't even think it's their fault. I think it's the weird editing. There's these weird moments for me that take yeah. me out a little bit sometimes. Yeah. So I think that's more just the editing than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, I've been enjoying them. I think she definitely because I don't remember the movies very well, and that's really my only thing. But I think she's definitely um captured Annabeth to a T. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm in. I've been enjoying it, and 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm liking that they're taking their time building up the relationships with the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're getting mm-hmm. to see a lot of that instead of just telling. It's a lot more like get to see a lot of more of their interaction, which I've been really enjoying. Yeah. So. But yeah, uh, we'll see how it keeps going. I know we have a few more episodes left, but I've been enjoying it a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Same here, same here. But yeah. Anyways, um, does that does it for us? Yeah, I think that's it. Ooh, all right, that does it for us. All right, so like I said, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter and TikTok, a combo with two geeks. We're on Facebook and Instagram, a conversation with two geeks. And if you want to send us an email for anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, or our email is at conversationwith2geeks at gmail.com. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.